This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join today's guests, Trader Nick and Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon. Hey, Johnny. Thanks for having us back on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Let's start, Nick, with a slew of data coming out of the US. Uh, we had some ADP earlier. Are there any clues in those figures as far as Friday's non-farm payroll numbers? Yeah, so this week is a big week for the jobs world. And of course, you know, when it comes to jobs, it's probably one of the most important figures to pay attention to, especially with the Fed so narrowed in on inflation in the last few years. It's really, really important uh, to see what kind of the jobs market is doing. Well, this week so far, if you've noticed, you know, the dollar is down pretty big. We've had a, a couple days down here now in a row where the dollar has been under pressure. And one of the major contributors to that is, uh, as you mentioned, ADP here today, which kind of continued to, to push. But even before that, we have to go back just a little bit to touch on yesterday's JOLTS job numbers. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, JOLTS job openings for uh, you know listeners, basically this is kind of like the uh, you know the sign in the window that says "Help Wanted." How many companies are out there putting "Help Wanted" signs in their windows? Are they saying, "Hey, we want to hire more people," or are they not doing that? Well, yesterday's forecast was 9.49 million jobs uh, on on the Joel's job openings. Well, what we actually, that was the forecast. That's what we were expecting. What we got, however, was significantly less, almost 750,000 less at 8.83 million. This shows it's kind of, uh, it's not necessarily the most important metric in terms of jobs numbers, but when it misses this wide, it is pretty noticeable and the market freaked out. So the dollar dropped substantially as it seems like the market is kind of saying, well, you know, that's going to get the Fed's attention pretty quick. And so the stock markets were up and the dollar was down pretty big off of that number. Then you just mentioned we have ADP, which came out today here, kind of uh, following suit. And again, the same narrative of uh, jobs potential weakness, right? The ADP number, now you can kind of take it with a grain of salt because it's not exactly you know, as important as NFP, but it is yet another piece of information that gives us an idea about the health of jobs. And it was another disappointment, right? So we had uh, a forecast for 194K, and uh, the actual number came out at 177K. And I say disappointment, I should just clarify before I ask Craig's take on all this, because it's a lot of jobs data. Uh, I should clarify that 177K is less jobs, but this is what the Fed wants to see. And as the old adage goes, don't fight the Fed. If the Fed is relaxed, if they're satisfied with what they're seeing, they may be less uh, inclined to raise interest rates. And raising interest rates is what really has been putting pressure on uh, you know, equities and things like that. Craig, what do you think about you know, that stuff? I know we also have GDP to talk about. There's a lot of data this week, but just for a second, jobs focus in the US, it is a huge indicator. What do you think on all that stuff that we just went through? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's particularly huge as well when we are seeing significant uh, movement on the inflation front. So we are seeing headline and core inflation falling considerably over the course of the last 12 months. We're not a million miles from target, but I think as we've always said throughout that period, when we're the, the move from peak inflation back to 3 or 4% was always going to be a lot easier than the move from 3 or 4% back to 2%. And the reason for that is that a lot of the headline inflation was being driven by 
fuel uh, and energy more, more broadly and the knock-on effects of that so when that starts to fall out of the calculation and it is, can be quite volatile and it can be quite disinflationary as we are currently seeing compared to last year then that can do a lot of the work for you but it doesn't necessarily have a big driving force on wages and on other input costs that uh, businesses are seeing so from four to two is always going to be harder than peak to four then you have the fact that well if we're talking about wages and that's the last part of the component then it is the jobs market that is the most important and i think we're going to hear more and more and more about the jobs market from the federal reserve now over the course of the next six months or so as they start to try and build a case for cutting interest rates because I don't think they want to see interest rates stay high for long but they just have a feeling right now that based on the data that they have that they're going to have to stay high for long. So while people are always generally obsessed with the labour market I think that's going to be increasingly the case now over the course of the next six months and I think that basically really starts now. I think the Friday jobs number is going to be really, really interesting and see what type of reaction we can get. I agree with you. I think the ADP is something that always attracts a lot of attention. I just don't think it's a real barometer of what we can expect from NFP. And I think we see big revisions. We see big misses in both directions. So I always take that with a tiny pinch of salt. The JOLTS data was the most important report uh, going into Friday's jobs report yesterday. And you highlighted just how big a miss it was to the downside and why that's so important. But I think there is a couple of other things to add to that. This was the lowest job openings number since May, June 2021. Now, if you compare it also to what the average was pre-pandemic when things were more normal, 2018, 19, early 2020, before everything started, we were looking at numbers around seven, seven and a half million. We're now just above eight and a half million. So we're not actually too far from the levels we were seeing before everything went a bit crazy. And considering that we've come from 11 and a half million at the peak, that's a massive step in the right direction and the trajectory is very favourable. And I think the final piece of the puzzle with this is the Fed may not obsess with job openings alone per se, but I do think they are quite obsessed with the number of people looking for jobs compared to the number of available jobs. If there's fewer people looking for jobs than are available, then that suggests a lot of competition uh, for staff as opposed to competition for places. If there's a lot of competition for staff, that lends itself to sustainably high wage growth because people will move jobs a lot more because they can get far higher wages because their skills are being sought after. If you've got fewer jobs available and more people looking for them, then the leverage then is back in the business's court and you can start to see more sustainable levels of wage growth as well. So it's not just about job openings, but if we now see more people looking for work on top of that, then that ratio starts to look a lot more favourable as far as the Federal Reserve is concerned. We're living in a generation where bad news is actually good news for markets even just temporarily. We're looking for a rise in unemployment in order to start to rein in on those interest rate rises. But it's a very difficult balance between the two, is it not, Nick? Oh, it absolutely is. And, and you're so right. It, it is very daunting when you first kind of get into, you know, macroeconomics and how it might impact, you know, everybody out here listening to the podcast, right? You're, many of us are probably either interested in macroeconomics or you're a trader, you're an investor, whatever you're doing, right? You're paying attention to this stuff. And it's certainly confusing at first when you hear that, you know, a, a slowdown in jobs is going to be great for the NASDAQ. You're like, what? That makes no sense. Another one to throw at you that's kind of confusing takes us to today's release that came out just shortly before the podcast, which was a slowdown in GDP, right? So, Or not necessarily a slowdown. It was still a growth of 2.1% preliminary GDP quarter of a quarter. The forecast, however, was 2.4%. And 
investors, traders, listeners, really, really important for markets to remember that it's all about what was expected versus what comes out and what's forecasted to come. And so we had this 2.4% expectation for GDP. We get the 2.1%. And so the market now also looks at that. And uh, how does that impact markets? Well, Gold spiked up a little bit here today, which was interesting because, again, slower GDP, signs of you know possibly some slowdown in the labor market. Some uh, these things, uh, well, not necessarily the labor market, but GDP specifically can be a nice boost to gold when it shows slowing. As you know, maybe people are thinking, hey, how far uh, can this swing the other way? If they're getting this wrong, can this actually be turned into you know uh, some real contraction in the economy? Anyways, that GDP number is pretty meaningful. You know, and it also added to the dollars carnage that we saw, right? You had the jobs number slow down, uh, but then on top of that, you had this GDP number that came out weak. A lot of people look at the dollar and they look at it compared to all the other currencies and they say, wow, uh, if that you know GDP number is not rock solid and the jobs numbers are slowing, the dollar weakness, I would say, is pretty justified here today. So um, I don't know, you know, Craig, when we talk jobs numbers, you know, a lot of times you can you could cross examine in many ways. You could look at the indices compared to the jobs numbers. You can look at, you know, gold. Uh, but I want to ask you just about GDP and how this impacts, obviously, the dollar. But Notably, I know we have some stuff coming down the pipeline in Europe as well. Um, how does this how does this fare? You know, uh, this slowdown in GDP numbers, which one of the things that again are, are very rock solid for the dollar, comparatively speaking, this challenges that narrative a little bit, especially especially with some more news out of um, you know currencies in, in Europe. What do you think on all that? I mean, I've been working these markets now for must be close to fifteen years. And I feel like in those years, I've spent more years talking about why bad news is good news than I have about why good news is good news. Before this, it wasn't about how high will interest rates go and inflation go. Interest rates were zero and inflation was basically zero. But the fear was that if we get some good economic data, then QE may stop. And uh, this this hit that we've been giving ourselves, that have been an impulse for the stock market, may come to an end. And no one wants no one wants this to end. This 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 good ride. Let's keep the let's keep the good times going. And uh, and then that kind of, that kind of came back down to earth with a not a bang per se, but I think there was a reset. And now it is very much an interest rate and inflation story. So the bad news is good news stories back. And you can understand the logic, right? I mean, it's a, it's all well and good saying we want the economy to do well, but we also want the economy to do well for a long time. We don't just want the economy to do well now. We want it to be doing well in two years, in three years, and in four years. And the higher interest rates go, the harder that becomes to justify and to make a strong case for. I think the other thing as well that we have to remember with something like this is... It's not necessarily that a weak GDP number today really swings it that much, as you say. The the, the dollar is off 0.4%. Gold is up something similar. It's just that we don't get a hot number, right? It, it's the, the 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 risks to both sides probably weren't even. If we get a really hot GDP number ahead of that jobs report and then we get a decent jobs report, then everyone's saying nothing is cooling this economy. How high do interest rates have to go and how long do they stay there to cool this economy? So just the fact that we don't see a really hot number, I think, is a really is one of the most important things here. And what we saw today just kind of filled that narrative. We don't want to see the, the economy come crashing down. We want to see the economy cool a little, create some slack in the labour market, get it, inflation back to target in an ideal world, and then we move on. 
everything that the Federal Reserve does, everything that policymakers, broadly speaking, usually do is about stability. We don't want to see big waves in the in the system. And I know no one can see my hand moving wildly up and down here, but we don't want to see massive peaks and massive troughs. We want to see relatively steady peaks and relatively small declines, very mild recessions, decent growth over a long period of time. And we haven't seen that now for quite a while. So we'd like to see that again. But for that to happen, we need to see inflation come back towards target. So this week is obviously a very, very happening week with all the jobs numbers, GDP numbers, and that sort of thing. So, uh, Craig, thanks for your for your take on all that stuff. And I do also want to say uh, that it doesn't stop here, right? We have PCE numbers coming out tomorrow, which will be very impactful to markets. Give us an insight there, as well as, of course, the big one. And again, we can't jump ahead of ourselves. Yes, there's some data out, but the big one is still on the table. One of the hottest numbers of the month is, of course, NFP, which happens on Friday. We'll be back on Friday with uh, another round of, of you know analysis and updates on all this stuff for you guys as listeners. I do want to encourage you, wherever you're following, listening, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button and tune back in with us and uh, listen in for more updates as we go along. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.